0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for the many things you've poured upon us this day. So many blessings. And help us to truly appreciate those and encourage us to go out and share those with others as well. And thank you now for the blessing of being able to get into your Word. And places in the world that can't do that, that you have to do it secretly. But we thank you so much that we're in a country that still allows us to do this openly. And up Saul, stand up boldly and proclaim you as our Lord and Savior every opportunity that comes our way. Be with us now as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Title of this one is Pride Leads to Destruction. There's a, a movement, you might say. A lot of folks that are really interested in pride and displaying pride for various things. You see, sports outfits that that encourage pride of a particular team or an area's team and you have pride of your performance pride of your lifestyle which pride of lifestyle we've seen on display of these gay pride movements the gay pride parades and even designated a, a month I think the month of June, if I'm not mistaken, is considered gay pride month or something. But what's the word say about attitude of pride? Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19 say, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So we know that this such pride is contrary to the desire of the Lord, contrary to the will of the Lord, especially when they start lifting up their ungodly behavior of being something to be proud of. In Matthew chapter 18, we see some lessons here from the Lord concerning pride. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child, in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Some of these ungodly people that are puffed up with their pride and arrogance, who are trying to persuade others to follow their ungodly ways, such as the increase in popularity these days of the drag queens, and even the drag queen shows that they're putting on for children. It's disgusting. And they're getting these drag queens to go to libraries and read books to the children trying to display to the children that this is an okay lifestyle, something to be admired and desired, which that's pure from Satan, purely from Satan, clean and simple. But there's others that get into this pride in different ways. There are those that are of religious groups, religious organizations that have gotten their leaders and have Lifted them up to a position of pride, even to the point of calling them Holy Father, which is a total sacrilege. And dressing them up in some fancy apparel and troop prancing around as being something great, something righteous, something to be almost to the point of lifted up and worshipped. That is just as evil as the gay pride bunch and the others, if not more so. As the Lord's teaching us here, we need to humble ourselves as little children, not puff ourselves up with haughtiness and say, look at me, I am so holy and righteous, you call me your father. That's a sacrilege, clear and simple. In Matthew chapter 23, in verses 1 through 12, the Lord further teaching us about pride. The Pharisees had this religious pride attitude. In Matthew chapter 23, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. This indicates to us that if the word of God is being presented, you can trust the word of God, even if it's being presented by somebody who is not godly. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. When you become a part of a religious group, no matter what it is, local church or a big organization, and you puff yourself up with such pride thinking that there are tasks or jobs that are too low for you to do, but you'll definitely tell others to do it, that's... Exactly what he's talking about here. They have lifted himself up at being something special, prideful and arrogant, and it's not going to go well for them. This clearly as it says, pride goeth before destruction. As it continues in verse 5. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. There you go. It's all about that. All about the glory they can receive. Oh, look what I have done, look what I have accomplished. They make broad their phylacteries. Now, phylactery was something of the Old Testament. It was a, a way of showing people that you were righteous and that you were conscious of thinking about the Word or the Word of God or that you had scriptures or prayers that you were lifting up to the Lord. They would put them in a little box and they would strap them around their wrist. Or if they wanted to be really seen, they would put them in a little box and put it on their forehead and wrap it around and tie it off. And these would make it a bigger box and bigger box, like look at all the prayers I'm carrying around or all the scriptures I'm carrying around. They misunderstood a scripture in the Old Testament where the Lord was teaching them to put His Word in their hand and in their forehead. And they literally took the Word and put it on their hand and on their forehead not knowing that he was speaking of works and their mind. They turned it all around the other way, and now he's given us an example of how they would even take it to the point where they were showing off to others. Look how righteous and how thoughtful I am of the Lord. But all their works they do, for to be seen of men, they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. The borders of their garments, there were different garments Designated for the priesthood. And here they were doing that to make it more visible to others. Look at me. I am of the priesthood. Same problem with the churches I was speaking of earlier. They love to dress themselves up in their fancy attire and troop around like they are really something holy and special. And love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. This is for the VIP section here. "...and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your Master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your Father upon the earth." That's a big one right there. Clearly laid out. The religion, the Catholic religion in particular, they call their religious leaders Father, It's totally contrary to the words of Jesus Christ right here. Simple as that. Call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he shall me, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted humble themselves you got to be careful with this humility as well because some people become so humble that they want other people to know that they are humble they just blew it because then they're trying to get the praise for being humble and then they're being puffed up with pride and arrogance There's this is careful balance there so always, in everything that you say, everything that you do, bring honor and glory to the Lord, not to yourself. And then you've got to take care of all the honor, all the glory to the Lord, not to yourselves, no matter what area of work that the Lord has put you in, no matter how He has called you, to always, to the Lord, to the Lord, always, everything, to the Lord. Thanks to the Lord for everything that you have, because even the very breath that is within your lungs is a gift from God. You can't do it on your own over in Luke, in chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, this is part of the nativity, a part of the account of Mary actually being pregnant and going to Elizabeth and speaking to Elizabeth, and now the thing's being revealed to Mary. And this is recorded of what Mary said to Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, verse 50. Some very wise words. Verse 50. And his mercy is on them that fear him. And she's speaking of the Lord here. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Note, fear him. Reverent fear of the Lord and the fear of accountability. He hath showed strength with His arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Once again, pride goeth before destruction. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low decree. He lifts up those that are humble, but He puts down those that are haughty and filled with pride. And that's what Mary was given the understanding of. And we see the Lord teaching all throughout His ministry. In Luke chapter 18, turn on over there, in verse 9. Some more lessons from the Lord concerning the subject of pride. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9. He spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. There's another problem that people have. They look at themselves, they look at their lives, they look at their achievements and puff themselves up with self-righteousness and then look down their nose at others that haven't reached the same level that they think they are on. That They think they are on. And they hate the others that aren't as righteous as what they think they are. Which is Wrong. We're supposed to love God with all of our existence and love others as ourselves. Even those ungodly people like I was talking about earlier, even the Catholics that call themselves father and want to be praised and worshipped, and even the drag queens and the, the gay pride movement, we're not to hate them. We're to love them and have compassion for them and pray for them that they come out of their evil ways and get saved and get things right with the Lord because there is going to be a day of accountability. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Now a publican was a tax collector. A publican actually worked for Rome to collect taxes from the Jews. So the Jews hated the publicans because they considered them traitors. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Cutting down the other fellow. I fast twice in a week. Now see, his prayer is, Lord, look at how great I am. Look at what I have done for you. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And what did the publican do? And the publican standing far off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He humbly came to the Lord, not coming to brag about what he had achieved. And in what the Lord say, I tell you, this man, the publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You must come to the Lord, humbly come to the Lord. Not come to the Lord all proud and, and impressed with yourself. Which is part of the problem that some folks have when it even comes to becoming a born-again Christian. They think that they have to clean themselves up and get to a point where they are impressed with their behavior and then they can come to church. They're starting out on the wrong path right from the very beginning. Self-righteousness, thinking that they have done it, that they have cleaned themselves up. But no, we humble ourselves, admitting that we have done wrong, admitting that we are filthy sinners, and we come to the Lord and ask Him to clean us up, and then He begins to do a work in us, and then we acknowledge that Jesus Christ did the work, not us. That by the power of the Holy Ghost, we are able to overcome the temptation of sin. Then you have the right attitude, you have the right mindset, then you're not all puffed up with self-righteousness. You're humble and you're thankful that the Lord has forgiven you and washed you in His blood and adopted you into His family. Over in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll turn over there. Two verses here. Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Grace. Unmerited favor. and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if you could work your way to heaven, or if you could work your way to salvation, then you could present it as something to brag about. Look what I have achieved. And then you could strut around and boast about it. I mean, the way it works. The Lord clearly puts it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You could brag about it if you worked your way to that. But there are religions out there, there are beliefs out there, that think that you have to work your way to salvation, and then you have to work and continue to work in order to keep your salvation. We've seen some Bible tracks. One of our trips up to Pennsylvania, I always like to look at the Bible tracks in areas that we go. And there was a, a track at one of the malls that we were at that was posted. And it, across the title of it, it said, How to Keep Your Salvation. And in there, was all about how you're supposed to live a godly life. And that if you live a godly life, then you can keep your salvation. But if you mess up, then you're going to lose your salvation and go to hell. That's not what the Lord teaches us. We are saved by grace. The Holy Ghost comes into us, seals us. We are permanently a member of the family of God. Even if we mess up, even if we fail, even if we stumble and get back into the mud, we're still a child. We might be a disobedient child. And he clearly tells us in here that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience, when you return back to becoming a child of disobedience, link yourself with Satan, the wrath of God is going to come upon you. You're going to have hardships. You're going to have persecutions and tribulations and and hardships of all sorts come upon you while you're still here. You're going to burn up your rewards. You're not going to please God. But you're still part of the family. But don't think, well, as long as I'm part of family, then I'll take all the other stuff because I really love my sin and all this other hardship stuff isn't that bad because I really love my sin, then you just got a messed up relationship. That's for sure. You got to really wonder, do they even have a relationship with the Lord? If they so willingly are in such behavior, you got to question, did they ever know the Lord at all? Possibly not. But know that we are saved by grace. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost. He begins to do a work in us. Don't take credit for your improvements in your life as something you have achieved. Give God all the credit, all the honor, all the glory, because it all goes to Him. He's the one doing the hard work. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, further teachings concerning this, in Second Timothy chapter three, pick it up here in verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. We surely see that on display in the world today, especially in this country. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. See, they like to proclaim that they are the, the good people, that they are the accepting and loving and caring people. But it's just the contrary. They're selfish having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. They think they got it all figured out. They think they got it all worked out. Like it says over Romans, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Actually, let's look over there at Romans. You're going back to Romans, yeah. I love this section of Romans because it is so current to what's going on in the world today. In Romans chapter one, verses eighteen through thirty-two, we'll go through this rather quickly because I've covered this so many times. But as it reads, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. The creature, their body, other people's bodies. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. That's lesbianism. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, homosexuality. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, that's a horrible situation there. When God turns someone over to a reprobate mind, that means that door is closed for that individual. They have no opportunity ever again of salvation. The Holy Ghost pulls out, doesn't do a work with them anymore. They are reprobate, doomed for an eternity in hell. But as He cautions us in chapter two, let's not us try to figure that out ourselves. We cannot determine whether someone's reprobate or not. That's only for the Lord to do. We are to still have passion, compassion and love for even those ungodly ones out there and pray for them that they get saved before they become reprobate. Verse 29, examples of these reprobates. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud. There it is, proud. The gay pride movement, the proud religious leaders, boasters, boasters, love to brag about what they have achieved on their own. Look at all the wondrous works we have done, look at all the people we have helped. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding. And that's without the understanding of the Word of God. Without the understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Covenant breakers. They're definitely not trustworthy. Without natural affection. That natural affection that the Lord implants in all of us. That's gone with them. They have an unnatural affection. Implacable. Unmerciful. Unmerciful. "...who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them." They know that they're bound for an eternity in hell. So they love it when they get others to follow them down that same path. They are so indwelt with Satan once they become this reprobate condition that They love it when they can spread it around. When they can go to the schools and teach others to do the same thing. When they can go to the schools and encourage children that are under the age of 14 to have body-altering surgeries so they can mutate them into a counterfeit one or the other sex. And give them drugs that halt their production as a male or a female to suppress puberty. Those are things going on right now. And they are doing this without the knowledge of the parents even. Trying to make it legal for them to do such things to a child without even consenting the parent before they do it. That's what's going on in this country today. In this country today. That's horrible. But as I said there in chapter 2, Therefore thou art inexcusable, old man. This is talking to the Christians. So we, Christians, that look at these behaviors and these individuals are inexcusable. Whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judge, judgest, doest the same things. When you condemn them, saying that oh, all those people are reprobate, they need to go to hell. You blew it right there. You become a judge. That's not for us to do. We can look at them and we can hate their sin. We can hate their behavior. But we still have to have compassion on them and pray for them that they come out of that before they do wind up in hell. That's what he's teaching us there. Verse 2, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Judgment of God, not our judgment. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgeth them which do such things, and doest the same, that... Thou shalt escape the judgment of God. We've got to know. We're going to be looked at. We're going to be held accountable. We've got to always trust in the Lord for everything. We've got to humble ourselves, as it says over in James. In James chapter 4, pick it up verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Because as he said there in Proverbs, pride goeth before destruction. So humble ourselves, turn to the Lord. Pray for those that are ungodly, that they become godly. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for Your Word. It is so powerful. It is so current. The things that are going on in the world today, especially in this country, we can clearly see that we all need to turn back to Your Word and really learn what we need to do like, and what we need to have in our attitude, in our behavior, and in our relationship with the world out there as well to present you to them, to shine your light into this dark world that seems to be getting darker and darker and to share your love for all those that clearly do not accept it yet. Thank you so much for the opportunity for us to be a part of your work as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.